0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: I used to make fun of people who, even now, I was like, no. Sorry.
2: What? (laughs) You guys, you guys ready? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm always ready. Hello, and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of Online. Thanks to Kyle for the no-look pass. We've got all the lads here to talk about some stuff and things. We're going to have a show where we discuss Tetris. We're going to put all the pieces in the right order. So fortunately, there are four of us. To do that with the blocks that are in Tetris. That's a Tetris joke. Danny said I had to make one. I, I, I'm,
4: not I'm not good at Tetris
3: jokes. Gentlemen, Presumably, no, one of my no, jokes, but that wasn't part of the deal. That wasn't part of the deal. He didn't say it had to be good. And so, anyway, uh, we've got that. Plus, we've got some news to talk to you guys about. Gentlemen, how are you all doing?
2: Great.
1: Doing well. I'm. Uh, I feel the need to apologize on behalf of the podcast because I know when Nick and I had made the decision to to watch Tetris instead of the incredibly popular John Wick, it was just because like, hey, we're like John Wick. It's an important movie, but I don't care. Like, I just do don't not care. care. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Jonesy comes in and it was just like, what the fuck? We're not. We're not <laughs> watching John Wick. What is happening? What is this nonsense? Uh, and the funny so, thing is, like
3: I said, I saw you all having the discussion. There's like I think I was sleepy or something. I was like, okay, they're just fucking around. And I went back to sleep and then, <laughs> then confirmed, you know, like, no, no, no. That's what we're actually doing. Like, in our defense,
1: right. Tetris is, no you know, defense. it was it's a it's not coming out until next week. So we got we got the early ish review. So
3: we're ahead, ahead of the I curve. We're ahead of the curve. I don't care about.
1: The second part okay. is more important.
3: Second is more important. Uh-huh. ahead of the curve on a thing i don't care about hey you took all your little posts down does that mean you're done with your book or you're done with that phase of writing your book
1: so there was a few <laughs> weeks ago i actually we i took down the board so that we could take it with us on a retreat to write a movie so it's actually uh, over there i just haven't put it back up yet what's your movie about movie is about you know it's funny so we were writing it, it was like, oh, super cool, this and that. And then uh, I saw a trailer for Kimmy, which I never saw. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like Kimmy. So
0: it's kind <laughs> of like stop? Kimmy. Just <laughs> no, I didn't it stop. It's right.
1: very different, but in terms of like the concept, it's kind of like Kimmy a little bit. <laughs> do see a scene
3: of you just like bending the shit, like throwing it against the wall. <laughs> in the trash.
1: No, but essentially <laughs> it's about this woman who uh, is like, you're, she's preparing for her day, da-da-da-da-da. And then at the end of it, she crawls back in, and it turns out she's living in the crawl space of her ex-boyfriend's house. And then it's about that. <laughs> okay. So it's basically oh, like kind of like a thriller.
3: Well, it's funny. Like, in my head, I'm imagining, like, the things that you typically write. So we're going from lit RPG to, like...
1: Oh yeah. well because the, the thing is that <laughs> i kind of actually want this to get made and i don't think <laughs> a big budget fantasy is gonna get made believe it or not dungeons and dragons is right there
4: you never know right
1: That only this costs 140 million dollars to make that's right that you could be
4: hey somebody's no got a name lotto. recognition it's either like no not one's true. ever heard of dungeons and
3: dragons it's true somebody's got a lotto might as well be you all right you guys ready to talk about some news
2: yeah Let's talk right. about Tetris. So, yeah. yeah yeah I'm that sorry. You first.
3: <laughs> you want to do the movie uh-huh. review first? All right. So I'm that. gonna I'm gonna stand sit here and stare at you all awkwardly while you yeah. talk about Tetris. Uh, speaking of which, Jammer, since you're leading the discussion, do you have yep. all of the uh, the required material up?
1: Actually, no, I don't right now. I'll put <laughs> it up in a second. You just
3: you totally said yes. I was like, hey, do you have? You're like, yep. Well, what did you going
1: to say? I thought you were going to say, are you ready? And I was like, I'm ready. But then I forgot about the whole but you're not MinESS ready. thing. I will be ready in about 15 seconds. Don't anticipate. Hey, vamping
3: about you not being ready. Anyway, so. Instead, I'm going to talk about Kyle's shirt. He's got this really awesome little monster shirt on. It's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. All right. I love that song. Sorry.
1: We're on a road You're, got, you're gone for nowhere. a month and a half or so, and you become du, du, just du, 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 this du, du. little uh, gremlin.
3: Little Monster? It was Little right monster. there. Oh, Little Monster. It was right, it was right the fuck there. Now. Okay, And
1: uh-huh. the song is perfect. We're on the road to nowhere.
5: It's like this show I'm at the done. moment.
1: Yeah, seriously. On the road to nowhere. So, because John Wick was coming out, Nick and I decided to watch the movie Tetris. Which I think is not a bad movie to watch because, you know, it's a huge Apple TV Plus release that is coming out next week. Uh, The week of the I guess it would be the 31st or the 30th, 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 31st, the week of the 31st, or at least the Friday of the 31st. And it really is kind of proof that, you know, Apple TV plus is continuing to want to play, you know, the bit, the Hollywood game with these quality productions. I wouldn't call it big budget because it's not, but it's certainly a quality production. It comes from us from Marv, which is the production, a studio from Matthew Vaughn. Of course, it has to star Taron Edgerton because I, I was telling Nick last night, I feel like Taron Edgerton exclusively stars in Marv movies almost with the exception of like Sing. I feel like all of them are Marv. But you know, I guess when you find someone you like to work with, you, you kind of stick with it. Um. So Tetris, as of right now, uh, has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 41 reviews. As I said before, this movie hasn't come out yet. So it's Hasn't had like the huge amount of reviews. Plus the streaming movie, so who knows how many reviews it'll ultimately get. My guess will be about a hundred ish something. But it seems to be uh, having a pretty good start. The consensus currently is, while it's nowhere near as addictive or fast-paced as the game, Tetris offers a fun, fizzy account. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> of the behind of the story behind an eight-bit classic. What the what the hell was that, Nick?
4: It was- Funny. Although they have to compare it to the game, (laughs) that's
1: just the laugh was really weird. Fuck you! All
4: right, (laughs) very. It was very. It
2: was very Hanna Barbera.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Nick first, and say, Nick, what were your expectations going into this, and then what is your Twitter
4: review? Uh, at least in the hours, the final hours leading up to it, I was actually really stoked to see it. Like, I mm. definitely wanted to see it more than John Wick because those movies—I couldn't tell you the difference between the first and the second one at all. It's like John Wick's like Mission Impossible without plot. Um, Just without because you have plot? brain damage. I'm sorry.
1: What? I'm sorry. I no. both neither John Wick nor Mission Impossible have memorable plots, but that's not what you go to see them for.
4: Can I finish? May I finish? Fair enough. Um, <laughs> for, uh, um I was looking to look forward to it a lot. Um I really enjoyed it. It lived up to how good I thought it would be, which you know, it wasn't supposed to be stellar. Um, I didn't even know it was gonna be a theater until we discussed it what does post-show that mean, last Nick? week.
1: It was like it lived up to what it was supposed to be. It wasn't
4: supposed to be stellar. What does that mean, Nick? It's not a movie that I went to expecting to see an A Plus.
3: Okay, how come? Is it an A plus?
4: no <laughs> it lived up to expectations not surpassed I already said lived up to expectations but it was a very enjoyable tale of uh getting Tetris to the United States all the crazy rights issues and also just kind of that almost both the comedy and the thriller aspect having to do with being in the USSR as an American during that time jammer do you mind if I jump in here Sure. Do, you mind if I, do you mind if I interrogate the witness? Sure. Do, Nick Doll,
3: what
4: what experience,
3: if any, do you have with Tetris? The game, not the film.
1: I, I already said... Oh, you, didn't, you did not say that. You did not say that, Nick. You, he's asking about your experience with the game. It's completely different. Oh,
4: America. shit. I didn't hear that. I love the game. It's like my first okay. game I ever owned. On an original Game Boy or just like... On an original Game Boy. Nice. nice i played okay. mario before on nintendo my first system i owned was a game boy
3: okay groovy okay thank you thank groovy. you jammer you a witness
1: uh i'm not a witness i don't i don't have any uh
3: no i'm i i, I don't and i questioned him no no i questioned him and then i turned him back over to you so you could further
1: question him. oh okay okay good on. job good yeah. job i appreciate yeah. it yeah you really i don't lawyer bro but here we go but um, you have they- seen a movie yeah, but I don't see law movies that much. I should see show. more of them. Nick. <laughs> so you mentioned that you weren't expecting much. What does that mean? I already answered that. You really didn't though. You just said an answered. See? Sustained. Okay. All right, you know, what? okay, fine. What do you rate it? Give me your rating. God damn it, Jonesy. Uh, C plus. C plus? Wow, that's really low. Why why C plus? Why not higher? Well, I, I like on the Nick Dahl scale, that's basically
4: an F. Well, I was yeah. trying to be more realistic. Like I don't want to give everything a B minus, because which is what I was also leaning towards.
1: That no, why but you start every, now. Yeah, you have no problem giving everything an A plus. Why you why you start now?
4: I don't give A pluses very often. How many you no give question last year? how I, I raise shit. Shot, you're man. you're kind of an A plus slut. Yeah, I give I I enjoy shit. Just live in living life, enjoying movies. Like you're like I enjoy
1: shit, but I wanna make one. sure that I'm not giving too many B minuses B minuses like, out.
4: A like list
2: is is different than rating something, isn't it? I mean, I like trash. Uh-huh. I'm wear- I'm wearing trash with the little little monsters. That movie's got all the nostalgia and, and great in the world, but it is not a well well done movie. It depends on how
1: you're <laughs> how you're rating it though because your rating could be based on your enjoyment or it could be based on you trying to be more objective about how you do what you what you're bringing to the table. but it kind of depends. So okay, Nick, you gave it a C plus all right um, <clears throat> Tetris uh, so it's funny like with regards to maybe what he was saying earlier, it's like I wasn't expecting an A plus movie. It was a movie that I remember see, watching the trailer for the first time. And being for the first thirty seconds, it felt like an SNL skit, just like the way the trailer was, where he's just sitting there. He's like, "I see blocks in my sleep. It's the perfect game." And you know the way he was talking, and it seemed like very much one of those movies where, oh, or one of those trailers where it's just like we're just gonna, you know, make it super extreme and over the top and just ridiculous, kind of like almost like weird. If you remember that movie, the weird, which I didn't see the movie, but the trailer, weird, the the Al Yankovic story with. Daniel Craig when it was almost almost like it was making fun of those types of movies more than it was actually being one of those types of movies. And I wasn't quite sure what they were going to do with it. I will say uh, the movie is a lot of fun for sure. Like I it was very entertaining from beginning to end. Like I wasn't I wasn't bored and nor did it actually seem as over the top as the trailer Seem to make it make it out to be because I know the trailer. There are there parts of it where I was concerned. I was like, "Is this going to be like based on a true story?" But wink, wink, not really. Um What is understated in this one is literally how much of this movie is just guys in meeting rooms. So much of this movie, like probably about eighty percent of this movie, is guys in meeting rooms making deals and. It's not until maybe the third act climax where I'm like, okay, that probably didn't happen. But I was surprised up till that point how much of it felt like, okay, that could have happened, that could have happened. Um, and it didn't seem as ridiculous and extreme as the trailer seemed to make it out to be. Um, so yeah, if you like, if you're someone who likes movies, you know, who about businesses yes. or about dealings, or if maybe you know you saw the movie for or the trailer for the movie Air and you're like, that looks good. I think this might be right up your alley. Uh, It's very much along the same lines of that. And it has one refreshing aspect when it comes to these business movies. Like if you look at something like the social network or Steve jobs or the founders or anything having to do with the business, usually you're following a a living, breathing human piece of shit as the lead character. And the lead character in this one is actually like a decent human being who's actually trying to do stuff. Right. And that part is refreshing but on the flip side of that, this movie is actually produced by the lead of the movie, not Taron Egerton, but the character that he plays. So the, the person, as well as the, the other, the creator of Tetris. And it also makes me feel like, mm, how much propaganda is this shit? So it's like, don't think about it too hard. I think it's still a lot of fun uh, and certainly worth seeing if you're remotely interested in the story of Tetris. Also, if you're interested in the story of Tetris... There's a great YouTube video. Nick, Kyle knows what I'm talking about. The gaming historian is a YouTuber. He did like an hour plus long video about this story. And it's awesome. He has great production value. How does, up, Jamma? Jamma Carl, remember, how does that
5: match up, Jammer?
0: I don't remember because I watched up? it like
1: a year and a half ago. So I don't remember. But I'm certainly going to go back and re-watch it now that I've watched this movie. kind based pretty, see, on it's it's what
0: you were good. just saying.
5: Uh, based on what you were just saying about... Um, uh, it being based on a true story wink wink and the guy being the producer and stuff. But this this YouTuber that you've just mentioned, it sounds like he's impartial and is actually just right. relaying the facts of it. So it yes. would be great if they matched up like that. Sorry Carl, you were about to say um whether was just or not it matched up on a buddy.
2: Uh since Jemmer said he hadn't seen it in a while, I was just gonna say that from everything that because I haven't seen Tetris yet, of course it's not out out for uh uh, streaming but from what i've read on the movie and of course from what you've seen there's exaggeration to be expected but a lot of it seems on on point um good so yeah
5: good because yeah. i've recently yeah. found out that bohemia rhapsody um was i mean obviously there's always a little bit of um Uh, artistic life highly embellished and a lot of the bohemian rhapsody story was absolute bullshit and i I was a little bit disappointed by that because i actually i'm not saying it was all good everything was going to be factual on screen but the way the band met i thought they would at least show that as the true story and apparently the way it was in the movie was not even like that so major events i was kind of hoping that they would follow but it was way out that movie now i was disappointed because i found that out recently going in from what you just said with tetris if I go in knowing that it's going to be slightly embellished, I'm okay with that because I like the look of the trailer. So that's yeah, the why trailer. I asked f- as, long as I go in, my eyes open, I'm I'm absolutely fine.
0: The
1: trailer felt like it would be super embellished, so it was actually ended yeah. up being less embellished, at least seeming less embellished. I, I don't know the. The facts trailer yet. was
5: quite stylized, wasn't it, with the fast paced action and jumping? But it looked like it was going to be this this race against time to get him out of Russia and the game out of Russia before the the KGB. Sh- killed him and his family in a nuclear explosion somewhere or some some so
1: some it shit. is fast paced but that part of him trying to race out of russia literally isn't until like the last 15 to 20 minutes
5: gotcha yeah and the rest no, of it cool. is I'm looking his to it.
1: men in boardrooms talking and with there's quick like cuts and fun with quick yeah it's very fa- it is <laughs> <It's> fast paced <funny. laughs> it's like a lot of back and forth stuff it has that stylized that part where when they have some establishing shots they kind of have that sort of Eight bit pixel sort of veneer like over it like which is completely unnecessary. Honestly, it was kind of more distracting than it was anything. But overall, I thought it was. I had a good time watching it. Like really, I had an amazing time watching it. It was also refreshing to see a movie in theaters that wasn't an action movie. <coughs> so cool. I, was, I was like, oh, <laughs> I forgot how this. I forgot what this feels like.
4: And All the right, score does work in the Tetris theme a lot. Yes, which is what like, I was. Hoping so, for. Jammer, what's your letter grade?
1: My letter grade is a B. I think my main issues with it, um, my main issues stem from, what are my main issues with it?
3: So are you saying that this film has broken the video game adaptation curse?
4: (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm hearing right now?
1: Up until this point, there hasn't been a single project worth seeing until Tetris. Who knew that Tetris would be the one to break the curse?
4: Amazing. Yeah. No way Mario can be this good.
1: No way, Mario can be this good. Actually, stay behind, <laughs> stay at the very end for the post-credit scene because it connects it to the Mario movie. So, mm. mm-hmm. so
3: what you're saying is, I'm obviously Game Boy Cinematic Daddy. Universe. <laughs> Game, Game Boy, Boy Cinematic, U- yeah, that's what I want.
1: They also they also the, do show Super the Mario Nintendo Land One. Mm-hmm. So one thing Boys that was, was really distracting. In, oh, in this movie, though, if, if you're like me and you, if you've played Super Mario Land a million times, you actually do see him play Super Mario Land on the Game Boy in its prototype version. So if this is a deep cut, if y'all remember the score for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the way they do it oh. <laughs> is there as he's playing it, it goes. Which is his death's the death when he dies they have that part playing and then kind of going back to the main part of the score while he's consistently not dying so that's weird i don't know why they did that i don't know who who was in charge of the music mixing in that particular scene but distracting as fuck for me so actually you know i changed my grade it's an f (laughs)
5: <laughs> moving on to the news that was your main issue with the movie the Mario music
4: <laughs> it's going to be on Apple TV Plus for free for everyone who has Apple TV Plus so no reason not to watch
1: it March 31st once again if you like I said if you like these types of business movies definitely worth seeing it has a little bit more of a high octane energy to it super fast paced got a little bit of stylization but it's still very much a a business movie it's not like a parody of one like it may have come across as in the trailer great performance by Taryn edgerton he's pulling off that that doctor strange style american accent where you kind of overenunciate everything when you talk and it's a little bit distracting when you do it that still good still good so i'm done i have nothing more to say unless anyone else has any has further questions about tetris the movie
3: no
4: more questions uh, is on. it better or worse than pixels
1: i never watched pixels
5: what got to be better than that
4: same I'm sure it's better. I'm assuming it is.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Have you seen okay. it, Jonesy?
3: Pixels? Mm-hmm. God, no.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it I only
1: see Adam Sandler movies when I lose bets. To be fair, I'm actually looking forward to Murder Mystery 2. Because I like Murder Mystery 1. So. Why is, ugh. I like Murder Mystery movies, Nick. All right. That's it? What's the news, John? Is it, What's the news, John? We've we got news? some news.
3: we got some news. All right. So we're going to – man, we're just going to speed through this episode. All right. Cool. So apparently uh, we've got a shakeup in the Star Wars filmography. We've got some new stuff happening. Uh, a new disturbance in the Force. Oh, yeah. I like that. There's been a disturbance in the force. So we've got a reporting from Variety that Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight is set to write the screenplay for the untitled Star Wars movie by Shermin Obaid Chinoy, who's directing *Miss Marvel. And this was originally going to be written by Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson, uh, but they've departed the project. Um, I'm... I'm curious what you guys think about this like it these kinds of things happen all the time I think I'm sad to lose Damon Lindelof given what we've seen from um the Watchmen but I think beyond that I'm I'm not too bothered by this what do you guys
1: think I mean who's, just... left? <laughs> who's left Who's left at, at Star Wars like you have Taika Waititi right mm-hmm. and then Charmaine obeyed Shinoi. that's it right of all the movies that we know about, those are the only two that are left at this well, point. Well, the only one they haven't
4: officially canceled, the other one they haven't officially canceled is Ryan Johnson's. But oh, we also haven't heard anything but, but, about know, that in a long that's time. Not going
1: <laughs> as much as I love Ryan Johnson, and actually it would be I would I would roll in the news if it were to come out and be like Ryan Johnson <laughs> is leading Lucas film. I would just be like, Oh yeah. Oh yes. Rolling
4: around in the Put news. out some newsprint.
1: Oh yeah, put up some newsprints, lay it out. That would be me. But yeah, that's not going to happen.
4: Yeah,
3: I'm, so what yeah. I think is interesting about this, right? The film hasn't been canceled, and that's usually the thing we've been pretty critical of lately. Um, this, to me, seems relatively standard, right? Just a little changing of who's going to be doing this and that. And the I think it would be the film more is still normal. moving forward.
1: It would be mm. more normal if the, the the screenwriters weren't so high profile. Sure.
3: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: I think that's the big part of it is because unfortunately, Charmin O'Bechinoy, it was not it was never considered the Charmin O'Bechinois movie. It was the Damon Lindelof movie for us because yeah. we know who he is. And he's now gone from that. So maybe it is standard protocol in Hollywood, but when that person is like the fact that the person who is the high ticket item person is now gone is very much like, well, what else is new at Lucasfilm? You know? They've lost Patty Jenkins. They've lost Phil Lord, Chris Miller. They've lost basically Gareth Edwards, right? That's the right Gareth, right? Gareth so, Edwards. They've lost. Who else did they lose? They've lost I a million. So I would
3: say this. I would say this. Mikey. As you're naming those people, I think that there are two different tracks, right? There are people fired track. And then there are people who have like turned in a project.
1: And then are just like, no, we
3: don't. We don't. It's want all the right? same. People who have. To me, it's I all think the it's same, different, right? Because if I need walk to make away sure, for,
1: I get you're hmm. saying, I get what you're saying, but like to me, what it shows is that there's a lack of alignment between what Lucasfilm yeah. wants and what their directors are delivering. Regardless of whether or not they're fired or they decide to leave, either way, there's a misalignment that should have been ironed out beforehand.
3: Yeah, yeah I don't disagree with that part. Um, I think it's all symptomatic of the same thing, which is shit leadership. Yep. Um, And, but I do think that there's a difference between I've left the project for creative reasons and I've been fired. Right. And at a baseline, and this is not to just jump on that bandwagon again, but when you talk about Patty Jenkins and leadership style, how is it that you've said, okay, this is the project that I want. Someone substantially delivers you the project that presumably you've talked about. And then they're like, no. And then you have to bring in Ron Howard to like, Make something different than what existed. That to me is just a is a problem in leadership, not the people Mm -hmm. who were doing the task.
1: Agree. Yeah,
3: and so this is just this is a different kind of symptom of the same thing. Yeah, leadership.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it continues to kind of show that they don't know what they want or what they're wanting to do, which is unfortunate. And you know, it was a problem that I, you know, personally, you know me. I thought it was actually kind of cool when Star Wars, the, the the sequel trilogy was coming out when it became clear with the second movie that they didn't have a plan. And I'm like, I, I, the <laughs> idea that you can actually come in and have like people with very creative different visions that really help turn things into it, like actually lean into a filmmaker would be really cool. And it, I, it helps differentiate it from maybe something like Marvel, which is more on the rails, so to speak. It helps. It's a nice counterpoint, a different way to run a studio. But then you're making shit things. It doesn't help. Like when it turns into The Rise of Skywalker, and then you get really insecure. It was really bizarre last week or the week before when Iger talked about um, how they were really put off by, or they were really like surprised by uh, Solo. And I'm like, that was like 2018. That was like four years ago. That was so long ago. Like, that's... That's not new information. Like, why are you still reacting so heavily to that? Like, the landscape has changed so much since then.
2: Not and only, I just it, – it felt odd to me. Not only that, but on, on Iger, do people not remember? He was the one in charge that wanted one Star Wars movie a, a year, every year after, the you know, starting the sequel trilogy. Star Wars story between uh, saga films. And he was – I mean, he was the one that was pushing for for a lot of this. Like, I don't. I think. I think a lot of people feel just what was going on with Chapic and they kind of forget how much, especially with with Star Wars, and maybe not as much with with Marvel. Uh, that was mostly Chapic's fault for pushing Chappik. Disney Chapic, whatever. Uh, pushing Disney Plus so hard. Chapp- but Let's call him Chappie. Chappie, oh, what? What do you, what do you think about? What do you think about that, guys? Uh, to anyone, and Danny haven't heard from you in a, in a minute. But what do you oh, think God. about bringing the guy that's kind of like at fault for some of the watering down and, and pushing of of Star Wars so hard? What What do you think?
5: Well, me on that. Well, I, I'm just a quick defer from that.
3: Now he is frozen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That is treason.
5: do you think is down to the current financial challenge that disney had about saving some money because there's a chance that Lindelof's script, um his his version of what was happening was going to be a, a you know obviously these are going to be big budget movies but maybe some of this was so big that they needed to just just cut it down a little bit and so rather than kind of changes script completely they've just come in a whole new tax so because there is a lot of budgetary concerns at disney at the moment with every the cutback plus i know we're about to talk about the other story concerning well i can't remember possibly the um current loss of a producer over marvel because of the challenges with special effects etc so how much of this do you think is money driven and not necessarily anything to do with the quality of the script or the type of story or anything that's coming in
4: I think movie wise, it has nothing to do with the budget. Disney Plus wise, I feel like they're trying to watch the budgets more because it's not, Is it not profitable. Though?
5: Is this not all under the House of Mouse?
4: I don't know, but but the movies, I feel like Disney will throw lots of money at anything. Enough of their other stuff that's sticking; it doesn't even hurt when they have a flop. Like it's like Avatar will carry the studio into the future. <laughs> but I don't know about that. Especially with I Star if, Wars. I,
1: I think they're a lot more careful about their budgets than you're giving it credit for, but... You're never going to make
4: a Star Wars movie less than $150 million.
1: Yeah, I don't think... I don't know. There's no evidence, at least, that I think, like, oh, this is too expensive. This is 250 We need it down to 200 There's no evidence that, that maybe that is going to be the case. Um, I, I think still they're think... Probably, I think they're probably just gun-shy about what is going to be put out there after you've had two not-so-well-received movies. Some would say three. But, you know, The Last Jedi was the best Star Wars movie ever made. Well, I saw, yeah. a
4: good, so. I saw a good tweet and I liked it where someone's like, yeah, no one wants to touch Star Wars because if you touch Star Wars, suddenly half the geeks on the internet hate your guts because you didn't give I'm them exactly what movie. they
3: wanted. Make a good movie.
1: Ryan Johnson did. Yeah, hard.
3: they did. Last Jedi. So here's, a, But here's the thing.
1: Even if that was
3: the <laughs> best of them, it's still sandwiched between like a movie that's fine and a movie that's complete shit. And so, if you take and them, as whole, didn't have the three films. I, I
1: thought say, right. the *Force Awakens* was fun. I enjoyed that movie. I he said it's fine. fine, like it just then doesn't, I, shit. doesn't. I think it's more than fine, but
3: taken as a whole, right? It is one story. By the time you get to the end, and that drags it down. If there are mm-hmm. arcs and things that they set up in that first film that don't carry through to the end, it is necessarily dragged down by that complete project.
4: Yeah, the last That's movie spoils the there. trilogy That's so really, much that I hate the sequel trilogy. I didn't hate it until the third movie. Yeah.
1: I don't For hate me, it. I like, but I like it. The, it has I like, just
4: become
3: fine.
1: The last Jedi ended in such a way where I'm like, it ends there. It ends That's
5: there. What I like but to it say didn't. Something. That's the thing. No, it didn't.
1: It did. I, but in my head, it did. That's okay.
5: And they knew it didn't. They knew there was a third one that was the Skywalker fucking nineology, whatever it's called. Anyway, we're going to go off track here. So I was going to go say, yeah, here's the it. thing.
3: Before we rehash an argument from several years ago, two thousand seventeen, uh, <laughs> we're gonna go back and well, so there are two different arguments, right? There are endings matter, and then there's like, do you need a plan? Um, we're gonna move on to talk about the firing. The answer is no. Uh, you don't need a plan.
1: You just need to make a movie that up. pays off everything. It's not true. You need to be able to pay things off. Of <laughs> it's exhibit. not true. It's true. Listen,
3: you're just falling me, into me. the same conversation. You, we were gonna
1: skip. If you're gonna go
3: in, vac- <laughs> if you're gonna go on a vacation. And it's just you, and it's, a, it's okay to not have a plan, right? If you are in charge of millions of dollars in producing several projects related to those, you need a plan.
1: You don't need a plan for the whole you thing. You do. You need a plan oh, for each fucked. one as you go. But I'm just it's saying. a scale. It's a Here's scale. The, I, don't thing. Get, me scale you don't go, get me you wrong. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you. Lucasfilm did not stick the landing, but it, does, it is not necessary to have a plan in order to be successful. It is not it a necessity. On what you're
3: talking about. It is not necessary. You're just going on a vacation. It is hold on. By yourself, It is not. It right. is not
1: necessary to be able to say like we're gonna have three movies. I need a plan for one, two, and three before I continue. No, you don't. You get a plan yeah, for can. one, and then you get a plan for two, and then you get a plan for three. That's a you,
3: you could do, be successful. It is possible third, to be final successful final that way,
5: of, of but it depends Skywalker. on how
3: you're making them. Let it Danny speak. <laughs> yeah, if you know that you're
2: gonna make a trilogy, then you need a plan. I don't. J- jammer jammer change. now has to jammer now has to write yeah. an entire trilogy right but he cannot think of the ending at at all whatsoever that's not as exact, a matter of fact jonesy here's what you it. do you come up with an ending jonesy of, an ending in your not. your mind jammer has to start it and you don't give him any of of the plan but he has to take your ending regardless and nick you come up with the 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 premise for the second one that way it'll, it'll keep it fear Jammer I mean has if to J. J. write, write them <laughs> all. Jammer, Jammer writes them all. He only knows just the first one. That's it. That's all he knows. Jonesy holds the key to the end. Nick holds the key to to the middle. Jammer has to write. Wild all
4: card, words. bitches.
1: As a storyteller, <laughs> you should be able to pivot on what came before, and J.J. Abrams <laughs> failed at that because he tried to just circle it back in a way that made no sense. Hey, I said he had
5: they to should finish lean into, nine films. They should he had lean to finish into a eight. story that nine films long. That's an impossible task. What for Ryan that. Johnson it's did. not an
1: impossible task. It's not an impossible task. He could have done it. I could have done he it. He could have done Fuck it. Fuck you. I could have done it. But you know it, what
3: David. you have to do to do it? You
5: got a plan for have it. Have a plan.
1: Moving on. Moving
3: on. <laughs> I love it when a plan
4: comes together.
3: <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna punt this one because I've I feel like I've I I've read the variety story, but I'm not sure I understand it well enough to speak intelligently on it. Um, so I'll introduce it and Jammer, if you don't mind taking yeah. like the substantive elements of it. So Victoria Alonzo, who is a longtime Marvel producer, has been released by the studio. Um, you would have seen her name on films as far back as the first Avengers film. Um and there was a big as kerfuffle. Far back at the as studio. Iron Man
1: before Iron Man. Oh, yeah,
3: Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and so there's been a big kerfuffle at the studio. And Jammer, I'm gonna turn it over to you to uh to handle this.
1: Yeah. So, Alonzo, as he mentioned, has been there for many years. Earlier this week, she was, it was reported that she was gone from Marvel. At the time, it wasn't clear whether or not she left of her own volition or if she was let go. This Variety article talks about how she was terminated, you know, dismissed from Disney. They said the cause of her termination is unclear. The decision was made by a consortium, including Human Resources, Disney's legal department, and multiple execs, including Disney Entertainment co chairman Alan Bergman, to whom all the Avengers, excuse me, all the Marvel Studios reports. Alonzo's (laughs) longtime boss and Marvel chief creative officer, Kevin Feige, felt mired in an impossible situation and ultimately did not intervene one source added alonzo was blindsided another insider added she declined for comment um and yeah it's it's a big deal like i said she's been with the studio for 17 plus years from since so give me the so
3: Six. what give me the so, so what? what like why does well, this matter
1: this matter well she's first of all it's always a big deal when someone isn't just they don't just leave they're fired not just somebody but a big piece of like the big heavy hitter producer puzzle over at marvel studios she's like she's been moving to this for so long she's obviously very skilled and talented has been able to get it done and she's like the only other name that i could think other than feige that's as big as uh, Luis desposito that's it her and Luis desposito and kevin feige those are the three producers i think about whenever i think about marvel studios so that was that three triangle of happiness there is now down to two. It's now a one-legged pony. That's a weird analogy, but it's now it's a one-legged triangle. <laughs> there you go. It's now a straight line. And I think that's a big deal, especially when she's fired. And I, we can look at the current state of the MCU and it's, it's hard not to speculate. What is the reason behind this? You know, people aren't huge fans of phase four, They haven't liked how Phase 5 started with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, And last year, or seven or eight months ago, whenever that was, there was that huge issue that bubbled over a little bit, but then, you know, quickly went back under having to do with visual effects and how much they really pushed those visual effects artists. Um, We don't know if it has anything to do with that. I do think it's worth noting that I don't believe that Alonzo or Luis Desposito are producers that have a hand in the creativity or the creative arc surrounding the movies, but are more the people that you kind of say, like, okay, here's what we're doing. And they're like, okay, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to hire the people. I'm going to break this down to make sure we're on budget, da da da, they're those types of producers. And so, what is it that she could have done, or what is it about the political atmosphere at Marvel Studios? That made her firing a quote unquote necessity. So, I mean, it opens up a lot of questions. So can I add
3: one layer to the to what you're talking about? So Chris Lee from the Vulture, he tweeted something that's relevant to one of the things you talked about with regard to VFX. His tweet was that so many VFX sources have told me that Victoria Alonso was singularly responsible for Marvel's toxic work environment. A kingmaker Ooh. who rewarded unquestioning fealty with an avalanche of work, but who also maintained the blacklist that kept FX pros wild eyed with
1: fear. Well, I'm, if that's true, that's great. You know, that's that fantastic. she was fired. Yeah because you don't want somebody who was who's who's not just toxic but just like really just not just within Marvel Studios but within the entire VFX community it creates such a toxic environment and ruins so many lives it's not that's not great i mean on one side on one side you can argue it's because of someone like her that these movies get done on time on budget but the negative side is you have a lot of visual effects, snafus, a lot of things that look bad, and you have lives ruined because they have to get things done on time and yeah. on budget. So he, it's a double-edged sword for sur- for sure. And it actually makes me, if this is true, it makes me a little bit disappointed in Kevin Feige that he didn't actually take this and handle it himself. Granted, or... he's well, a one man and you know he's in a as I mentioned, mired in an impossible situation. So who knows what that situation entailed.
3: So to add a further layer to that, another part of that is allegedly she held a crazy amount of power, big footing, all major creative decisions on Marvel movies and shows. This is a quote, Kevin Feige and Victoria Alonzo. So this is so Kevin Feige and Victoria Alonzo personally approved every single shot, all the visual effects work, which is usually the job of a director or showrunner. So that is a quote from. Uh, tech that spoke again to Chris Lee from Vulture. Um, so it sounds like the easiest
4: analogy that I can make in the
3: military there's this culture of it doesn't matter how you get the job done. So people who are toxic will continue to get promoted as long as they produce. And so to your point about people not being happy about this last phase and some of the projects that have been coming out, she's been producing. And so Kevin Feige and her have been right alongside each other, producing and doing well. And now that that's no longer the case, that toxicity, there's a price for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like yep. there's, there's never like what was it? You don't hear about the bad stuff until you start losing, and then all of a sudden that's it's right. like, oh, well, let's take a look and see what the problem is because now you you don't have that veneer of success to hide behind. Yep. Sounds like
3: it
5: sounds the right to me Johnson, like they've, I mean. certainly, <laughs> they've certainly found the bad apple. they found the bad apple in the barrel and, and, and a little bit of the, well, now we can kind From what you were just saying there, Jonesy, about actually having creative input as well, not just getting shit done, making sure that things were happening, but actually, actually overseeing all of the VFX shots and the decisions being made, that sounds to me like micromanagement at its worst when it comes to these kind of films. And we've started to see that, you know... For phase four, the reason why I've not been enjoying phase four has nothing to do with the quality of the visual effects. So if she's actually having creative input on story and stuff as well, then maybe they've had a look at that and said, look, you now you're getting too involved. You should have been the person just making sure that the shit was done. It, it, it sounds very much like she was possibly um, the cause of... Some disruptions across the whole filmmaking process from VFX to director to story. You just said showrunner as well. And so, yeah, sounds like she may have needed to go if what this guy is saying, if what all this adds up is true.
1: And I will say, as yeah, far as like the, um, what were you we saying? I, I will, Marvel Studios has always been unique in that it's always seemed like a very producer centric studio. So I don't even know if like that's, you know them finalizing the shots or approving them is like is that has that been the case since yeah. iron man like i mean it's yeah. it, it once again it's it a situation where well now that things aren't looking that good or think people aren't liking them as much now let's take a look like oh that's not normal but like but it maybe it's been normal for the past 17 years so yeah. maybe they're just they were just working on too much shit i mean we've talked about this before they have too much stuff that they're just working on and it's just yeah. a it's a quality control issue at this point yeah yeah. Nick, you have anything to add or to say or any opinions? No, you guys got it.
4: You covered it. it. Uh
1: All any right. other extra bits of insight Jonesy on your end? Um those are some good little I gots nothing. nuggets that you threw in. Um I got nothing. Yeah, I'll be interested to see you... what happens from here cuz it's like they're cutting back a little bit. They are probably going to have to hire a new head producer or big producer to continue. The job forward, and yeah, hopefully they're able to make things right. I'm not convinced that she alone was responsible for everything. Maybe she was, in terms of perceived, but I mean the problem is industry wide. It's bigger than her, so I don't know how they go about fixing that issue without just overhauling the entire process. But maybe I'm just cynical. It's a systemic issue in the industry. No, I'm something. Like, so something the last things-
5: thing. Sorry, Jonesy. I was going to say something that links both this story and what we were just discussing at the end of the other one. One of the F- VFX guys in another article that I read um, was saying that Marvel um, were coming in and they don't seem to uh, have a plan. They were even saying that they were changing VFX shots at the last minute because they were changing the powers that some superheroes in these movies were having. And they were saying, and, and the quote was, i uh, not quite verbatim, I apologise, I can't find it, was that they need to have a plan because they keep changing their mind about stuff. Now, I'm not saying that they don't have a plan for Phase 4, but if they're that, you know, if they can't decide on what powers a superhero has at this fucking point, then, oh, my God, come on, guys, that's got to be something to it. And maybe this was where she was being involved a little bit as well, just on those VFX shots. Mm. Um it uh, may sorry,
3: also be So the addendum to that story is um, part of the way Marvel has been recruiting directors. And so they've had directors who work on smaller projects and bring them into these huge projects, and they don't know how to work with these VFX. And so because they don't know how to do that, there is this idea that it's easier to do it in post. And where there was a period of time where you would do all of this shooting, Ahead of time, like you know, on the day of on time, and all this other stuff. These are c- the kinds of things that are affecting the budget. And all of this stuff is leading to that VFX crunch, where where you would normally do this stuff, you know, whatever you could practically, and then do some VFX work on the back end. There are these people who are inexperienced uh doing these big budget movies and not understanding, like, okay, well, that doesn't look like what I envisioned. It's like, yeah, we're just giving you like this little bit so that you can continue making the movie and then we're going to finish it but they basically have to render almost an entire scene so these inexperienced directors can see what they think they're supposed to be seeing i forgot where i read that um but that's part that's exactly of the struggle yep. and that that's part of what's creating a lot of this crunch between the vfx people and the quality of the movies like it's all related and it's all related to not having a fucking plan can we move You're on?
1: We're not not having experience either. <laughs> it's industry-wide. It's industry-wide because these filmmakers no longer have mid-budget movies to cut their teeth on. They go straight from $5 million movies to $150 million movies as opposed to like going from that to a $30 million movie, then to a $50 million movie, then to a $70 million movie, and then finally a $150 million movie. There's no stepping stone. It's straight from boom to like the biggest movie in the world. So they have that infrastructure set up so they can hire these creative folks who don't have the experience they need and surround them with people who can handle the effects but also just make it easier so they don't have to worry about planning as much the day of. But anyways, I think uh, we're good to get going on the next story. Anyone else have anything to add? No. All right, Jonesy. You're up.
3: All right. We're we're moving on. So we've got a story. We've got some Shazam post mortem news to talk about. Uh, and there are approximately three, I guess I would call them, allegations in this story. Um, so there's a discussion where Zachary Levi is kind of talking about what could have made the movie better and or what could have made it do well. And so one of his contentions is that um you know, we've got the perfect family film and no one went to see it. And he thinks that this Discovery Plus merger is responsible for some of the bad marketing that are what he perceives as bad marketing um, for the film. One of the other allegations is that Dwayne The Rock Johnson has um, basically cock-blocked some of this stuff with cameos and appearances in certain films. Rock, so cock blocked like, Rock block, Rock right, blocks. right there, it's right there. Thank you, Nick. Um, only reason. So he's just <laughs> he was responsible for you know not wanting to be in the Shazam film or not having Shazam in his film, um, which they thought was a hindrance. And I forgot what the other allegation was. No, um, that was
1: it. That was basically there was a report that, that indicated that the Rock was oh he was responsible to for the that post credit scene right um, of not allowing. Mm-hmm the Justice League, Justice Society be there. And at the last minute they had to scramble and get Economists and Harcourt in as a replacement. And I think there was this yeah, that was a, potential yeah, right. potential hint there that oh that was no, that wasn't responsible for I think that was definitely an indication of The Rock kind of being an asshole, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but um I don't think that's responsible for Shazam failing. Yeah as much as it is uh, evidence of just sort of like behind the scenes clashing that, of course, doesn't do anything for anyone.
3: Yeah, and what the director said was that the scene fell apart three days before they were going to roll cameras, forcing him to find alternate characters at the last minute. Um, And that was due to Johnson's blocking the Justice Society from appearing
1: in the film. Which, you know, that sucks. That's awful. He shouldn't have done that. That's stupid. I hate everything about that. But it's not why Shazam flopped. Okay. Um, I I was watching this. I was I mentioned this last week in my solo review of Shazam: Fury of the Gods, and in that solo review of Shazam: Fury of the Gods, I did mention that I think this movie's really fun. I really like it. I think it's fun. I don't think you need to see it in theaters. Like, I just don't think you need to see it in theaters. And like, I felt bad saying that because I'm like, is it a good movie? Yes. Is it a good family movie? I think so. I think families would enjoy seeing it would i recommend them see it in theaters no nah, you can wait it's like you know
3: what's funny that's true of the entire Shazam trilogy
1: there's no so trilogy. Shazam oh, Black, black adam, adam and this one i like the first shazam i think the first shazam is fun to see in theaters no 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 nah. uh, mm. all right fair enough i'm not going to argue i don't feel that that yeah. passionately and,
3: about it and and black adam is straight trash Daniel, well, I it did wait. To see I it
1: did. I did wait to see it at home, and I saw. I was like, "This movie is a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be." I thought yeah, it was going to be like I thought it was going to be a, a a dumpster fire, and I was like, "I'm having it a is good a dumpster time. fire. It's not good. It's not. It's, it's a. a I'm not going to say it's good, but I had a good time." Society
4: movie <laughs> with a terrible yeah, it villain. Is. I, I did like the Justice society, Justice society stuff a lot.
1: Like I liked all of their stuff in there. Give me more like, Hawkman. <laughs> I would
3: have preferred this to be a Justice Society movie than a Black Adam movie.
1: You know what's funny is I I didn't know anything about Doctor Fate, so the whole movie I was just waiting for Doctor Fate to turn into the bad guy because I thought he was the villain of the movie, and I was just like, "What's <laughs> happening? He hasn't di- he hasn't turned yet." And then he died. You know what I'm it like, was? Oh, it was the I guess British accent. The bad guy.
3: Danny.
2: Mm. <laughs>
3: Star Wars rules. Um, so yeah, I I you know what's funny we we've talked about The Rock. People have had issues with The Rock, and I did not find what he's doing to be that crazy only from this perspective. If you look up the things that people of his caliber do, this is par for the course, right? Tom Cruise literally withheld a movie from dropping in theaters until COVID was over. Um, I know that like Julie Roberts is like, I need four gallons of Evian for every film that I'm on. Um, George Clooney, he was in Gravity. And I think, how long was he in Gravity? Somebody guess. Like like, 20
1: minutes, 15 minutes.
3: All right. So he demanded that he have a basketball court, a garden. And there was one other thing for his trailer. I was like, this is just who these people are. Mm. And I find it to be fascinating where people are like, oh, The Rock is this and The Rock is that. So I'll tie it back to that first thing that we discussed. As long as you're producing, it's okay to be a complete content Hollywood, right? Cuz no one cares. As long as you're making people money, it's okay. And these shitty things that you do get buried. And but once you start causing a crunch in the VFX uh studios and you're no longer making money or you're not being as acclaimed as you were before, those things are going to come out. When Shazam flops and you know, you've been addicted to other movies because of that this stuff is going to come out. You know, it, it's interesting to me, and I kind of wonder what, if anything, did The Rock have to do with the feud between him and Vin Diesel? Right. Mm. And so now you kind of go back to stuff like that, and you're like, was that 100% Vin Diesel? That's what I thought. And I feel like the answer has to be no. And so this is, I find it to be fascinating. Yeah, Big just egos. huge egos. And like I said, this is these are just the crowds in which they roll. So I agree with you, Jammer, that this is – I don't like it, but it is also par for the course.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And uh, I don't think whatever The Rock did, it did not affect the box office of Shazam Fury of the Gods. Sorry to say that. But I think it has uh, everything to do. I think it is has does have to do with the marketing because I know I like the first Shazam movie. I saw the marketing for the second one, and I was like hmm. – i don't know and then i saw it mostly for the podcast i would have been totally fine watching this on hbo max yep if it wasn't for the podcast i would have seen it and ironically enough no one none of you else It was all on myself but whatever uh i don't regret seeing this in theaters but yeah i just it. There's not there's nothing about it that really screams like we have to go to the theater it's, it's not it's a goofier huh. story it, it doesn't Fit into the bigger DCEU, or maybe it probably won't. It's well, definitely won't at this point, but yeah, not it now. It wasn't clear at this point. And I don't know, like, I just don't know what could have saved it because I think it's a solid movie.
5: Yeah, me too. Jammer, what letter grade did you give it last week, buddy? I may have given it a
1: B or B minus. <laughs>
5: I don't think I was that high. I think I said a C plus because like you, I enjoyed it. I managed, I got a chance to watch it and it was a it was a fun afternoon at the movies. I was okay with it. But yeah, it is one of those films. Yeah, I'll watch everything and anything on the big screen because I have the time and the availability. But yeah, I would have been just as happy to watch this on the slightly smaller screen. Um, so the marketing How- didn't help. I think Zachary Levi even said it. He said, you know, if they were showing the trailers just before Scream Six and things like that, so if you're trying to promote a family movie, that's not necessarily one of the best times to do it. I don't say that's the only piece of marketing mistake, but that, those kind of things certainly didn't help. I'm from the side point that people are just tired of these mediocre films now, and and with the whole story of DC completely changing and it's a whole new stories, whatever happens with Flash and Flashpoint and things. Uh, I, I just think some maybe maybe little people are a bit tired of them, generally speaking. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but I don't think the rock thing has got anything to do with I'm with Jonesy on that. Yeah, that, yeah. that shit happens, but that certainly didn't affect this film. I, I don't think so.
3: Yeah, and so it's funny, and it goes hand in hand with an ego thing. It's interesting to me that Zachary Levi hasn't pointed a finger at himself because there are people who won't see his movies or upset at him because of his own personal politics you know one of the last things so one of the last thing he did was he talked about pfizer being a real danger to the world because i think that he is what you would term an anti-vaxxer and so Mm. stuff like that right and so there are people who have the bandwidth who don't do podcasts who are like you know what i'm not going to go see that movie because of him um And so I like, I'm not one of those, but there are people who really take that stuff to heart. Like, if they feel a certain way about how someone believes, they carry that into whether or not they're going to see a movie. Um, And that's, you know, I I think in some ways that sucks. Um, But unfortunately, that's kind of the polarized society in which we live. Uh, Letitia Wright got in trouble for the same thing. Um, yeah. on in the sequel of Black Panther, and so you know, it
5: yeah, that's another it thing, that, it's right? another, another small thing that all these small things added mm. up to a yeah. relatively disappointing thing because that one thing on its own wouldn't tank a movie, one this wouldn't tank a movie, but when you've got all these things to play, it, it's a shame because there's a lot more people involved in this movie other than Zachary Levi, right? Yeah that the, the get their livelihoods from it. And so making decisions like that will affect it. And it's a bit of a shame, but I do understand. And it is our right to go and watch a movie or not, spend money or not, right? Yeah. For I'll throw
3: another one in here. I think this is kind of an interesting idea and I'm curious. I think more people are going to see the flash for Batman than they are to see this universe continue. It is yeah. interesting Absolutely. to me. I have I have to wonder... How much of what happened with this movie is the understanding that this is a universe on the decline. And so, you know, people who are into that kind of thing and seeing an interconnected universe and seeing all of these things, you know, they have to throw Wonder Woman in the marketing now to try and get people to see it. It's like, well, I don't why would I care about that when you're probably gonna shit can Gal Godot? Um, yeah.
1: but how many you know, know, people know that?
3: I don't I don't know, um, but yeah. certainly we do. And we talk to people, some of us do, and, yep. you know, that probably To be has fair, whenever
1: I talk to people, I try my back. best not to talk about movies. So, yeah. Because I know most people life. aren't as... Well, most people aren't now as he's got to books to, sell. to about movies. Have you read my book?
4: He's <laughs> not talking about movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, most of the thing is, like, most people aren't as interested in talking about movies. So I don't want to, like, have a conversation or, you know, force a conversation about a movie. So the person will be like, oh, yeah, I saw Avatar. It was cool like okay well if that's you're not into it that's fine we'll talk about something else so there's just a lot of people who are like that the majority of people who just don't care and who (laughs) don't notice uh, as far as what percentage of people do or do not know about you know the state of the dcu i don't know we'll never know but this movie's currently made 70 million dollars worldwide Oh, Jesus. Ouch. What? Not great. It's
5: got to be more than that. No, it's not.
1: I mean, 70.2, <laughs> so. 70. <laughs> 70.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. See, I knew you were lying, Jam. <laughs> Sorry, my bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: 70.2 <laughs> <laughs> million. 0.2 million is <laughs> a lot of money for yes, me. I mean, point, I point 0.2 is down. a lot.
1: I would not turn it down. If someone <laughs> said, you want 0.2 million, I'd be like, yeah. Life we want to
4: round down how much it made. Do you want to just make it an easy 70 million and give me the rest (laughs) let's make it an
1: even 50 million that's how much it made
4: all right
3: down does anything does anybody have anything else to say about uh any of this all done nope we're done all right shut it down shut her down all right folks well Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Don't forget LRM has other great stuff on the Genreverse Podcast Network as well as LRM Online. You know where to find us, the lads. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us everywhere where social things happen. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Not on Mastodon. Anyway,
3: not on Mastodon. What are they? Are they toots? Are they toots now?
1: No. We they're uh, their status updates or
3: all right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We will catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna.
4: Don't get any on you.